Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It is Brad and John. We have a website. It's called bjshow.co. This is the Brad John Show. We get on here and we talk stuff. John starts the hour every hour with his top three, which this morning I have to say was an excellent top three because they have led to expanded discussion on each of the topics. (laughs) And what's interesting, you told me off the air, which is sort of interesting, uh, certain words in Germany are verboten, and one of those is collaboration. Yeah. So interestingly, I, I used to work at the old Monsanto and toward the end of the time prior to us being acquired by the German company Bayer, we talked a lot about collaboration, how we would bring different stakeholders from farming and environmentalism and other groups together to talk about improving farming. And the centerpiece was the word collaboration. Well, what we didn't know and couldn't have anticipated is that in Germany, the word collaborator generally refers to people who during World War II worked with the Nazis to uh, do their Nazi things, and collaborator is a bad word. So the company, Monsanto, had spent millions promoting the fact that our company were collaborators, and we helped other people be collaborators. So we uh, quickly had to remove a lot of that language from our key messages. Interesting, interesting. Well, if you know the whole story in Germany, in World War II, the collaborators were people who were Germans, but, and especially uh, it got into the Jewish community, the collab, uh, community, the, the collaborators were people who essentially outed the Jewish people. Yeah, and, and yeah, they, they, they were the bad guys in the, in the melodrama. Right, right. Because for the most part, the Germans did not bother the uh, general citizens, uh, the civilians, with the exception of the Jews. Yeah. And hold on a minute. What, is, that, is that my on your end? I got something. What am I hearing? Okay, I know what I'm hearing. Okay, I'm hearing from, monitor from the other studio. Okay. Um, gas stoves. And it's so ironic that you read this story because I read this story because of you. <laughs> and what's the lady's name again? The the woman who wrote it is named Sarah Rubenstein. And you say, does she actually work for the Columbia Missourian or is she like a freelancer? No, she's a she's a reporter for the Columbia Missourian. The Missourian has a setup whereby almost all of their content that they actually produce themselves is either written by university students or by graduate students, mostly from the School of Journalism. Now, I see. I always get this confused. There are two papers in in Columbia. One of the, is essentially this university paper, and the other yep. one is the Columbia. Is it the Tribune? Is that the yeah, other paper? Yeah, it's the Columbia Daily Tribune, known as the Columbia Tribune. Correct. And, and the Tribune, by the way, these days it's owned by Gannett which also owns the Springfield News Leader. So, Brad, if you go to the Columbia Tribune website and the Springfield News Leader website, they're almost identical. They might have one or two different stories a day about something happening in the community, but they, they, they're they essentially the same newspaper, sadly. And didn't they get rid of, like, a huge amount of the staff, the Columbian Tribune? Isn't it, like, yeah, on a skeleton staff? Yeah, the guy staff? who was there for a long time was an iconic figure named Hank Waters who worked there for, like, 300 years. 
and which is only a slight exaggeration. And then so they've waylaid their staff. I think they have one or two actual reporters now, but they run mostly. It's what Brad would refer to as McRadio. If this was radio, (laughs) they just run a lot of stuff from because Gannett owns USA Today. So they mostly run USA Today stuff. They'll run some stories from Springfield. And what they'll try to do is they'll try to stretch a Springfield story as to how it might possibly apply to Columbia and vice versa. Right. It's McNewspaper is what it is. Yes. <laughs> okay. So the lady writes this article. Okay. The first, do you have the article there in front of you? I, ha- I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Read the first two paragraphs, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. There, there's. It's a total of three sentences. It starts with, natural gas is part of the daily cooking routine for 27% of Missourians. Turn the dial, check the flame, and set the pot on top. When it's ready, invite family and friends to share a meal around the dinner table. Here's the third sentence. Ready? Here's the kicker. But what else may have entered the house uninvited? Within the last few years, scientists have uncovered troublesome environmental and health effects of natural gas stoves, water heaters, and other gas appliances. And then she goes on to talk about all the health problems well, you'll get if you isn't use it, gas is, in your house. Isn't it within the, like the first couple paragraphs where she calls out all the Republicans? Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, that's uh, that's two more paragraphs down. Okay. The line is, "quote Rhetoric supporting gas appliances is popular among Missouri Republicans." Okay, but here's the prop. Here's the problem. The problem is we didn't realize there was a problem until these essentially left-wing people came along and said, "Oh, gas is terrible." Right? Yep. I mean, I mean, and and the good guy. Let me interrupt, Brad. The, the good guys in the story. So it's very clear. Who, so the bad guys are Republicans, right? Who, who want to you know force force electric companies to have to compete in the free market. And then the good guys are a California-based nonprofit research institute. So that's one. That's the main good guy. Right. The other good guy is Missouri Coalition for the Environment, the feminine hero. Because you got to have, thanks to gynocentrism, Brad, you have to have a female lead character as well with main character female energy. And that's the little old lady who says that she uh, she got rid of her headaches thanks to electric. And then she has she has kind of a neutral quote. From she goes to the uh, Renew Missouri, which is uh, they they lobby for clean energy in Missouri. A guy named James Owen, who's who's a sensible guy, they ask if he was going to see any uh, if if Missouri would possibly step in and have any gas gas appliance or I'm sorry electric appliance mandates. And he's like, Yeah, we're not going to see any mandates in Missouri. Like that's not even realistic. And then you know where a reporter or a content creator is coming from. When they give someone the final quote, and here's the final quote, Brad. It's from the environment. It's from the guy uh, from the Mo- Missouri Coalition for the Environment. If we want to sustain our current way of life to be something similar in 30 years, we have to start changing. Here's the kicker, and we have to get past that thinking of immediate financial returns. So, in other words, buck up, people. Pay more for electric. Get rid of your stupid gas. You're going to have to just just contribute a little bit more today, and we'll have a better planet. There are so many issues here. One of them mm-hmm. is I had, um, I had uh, and I still think we run it on the station as, as one of the podcaster elements, uh, I had Caleb Hunter, who is the co-owner of Extreme Electrical, and we talked yep. about this very thing that there are a lot of houses, especially in the older neighborhoods. And when I say older neighborhoods, I'm typically talking about houses that were built 
30 years ago and more, and even some of the houses built in the last 20 years have problems with this, where they only put in a 100-amp box, meaning a 100-amp electrical panel, okay? And let's say you have a gas stove and a gas uh, water heater and you have gas heat, okay? If you switch over to electric, not only do you have to replace all those appliances, you have to completely redo your electrical service. Yeah, I believe it. You have to have a new circuit breaker box put in, and then you have to have wiring run to each of these appliances. The gas, you know, which is now the electric water heater, the electric stove, and the uh, electric uh, furnace, okay? And there's extreme expense because if you've bought copper wire within the last five years, Copper has gone through the ceiling. Copper wire or copper tubing, like for plumbing and things like that. It's the price has just gone astronomically high, and he figured that in certain instances, like let's say the distance between your electrical panel and like let's say your kitchen stove. Let's say your kitchen's on one side of the house and your electrical panel is on the other side of the house. Let's say there's sixty feet. Okay, it may cost him his cost. Five dollars a foot for the wire. Okay. Wow. So yeah. multiply that times sixty. So that's three hundred bucks, and that doesn't include his labor. Plus, there's connectors and there's you know all sorts of stuff like that. And the, the idea being is he said that in some houses, just to retrofit, and we talked about this as far as like electric cars are concerned. There's some houses that with 200 amp panels right now, and a 200 pan. 200 amp panel back in the day was a big panel. I think that's pretty much standard in most houses right now. He says there are some houses right now that are relatively new that may be already all electric. And if you tried to put a a, a, a charger in for like your electric car, you're maxed out. And you have oh, to have completely believe it. a complete new panel put in. Plus, the problem is, he says in some areas they're working in, that Ameren UE, and I, I don't know if this is true with some of the other, you know, like Quiver River and places like that. You, and there's actually Quiver River. I don't know if you know this or not. Quiver River is an electric cooperative, but Quiver River has this strange little area in St. Charles County. Matter of fact, it's sort of funny where Shelley lives, which is not like in the middle of nowhere. Shelley lives in a very developed area. Shelley has Quiver River Electric. I didn't know that. Well, I didn't know they came that far south. Oh actually. my God! They're all over in St. Peter's and and yeah. and matter of fact, matter of fact, on Westplex 1071, which our transmitter is right there in the corner of O'Fallon in the corner of Fizey and Bryan Road, we have Quiver River Electric that runs uh, our transmitter 1071 and 971. Okay. Well, you better watch what you say about <laughs> yeah. them. Man. Finish your thought. Though. Well, trust me, they don't like me anyway. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> Uh, because I fought with them over something somewhat interesting. One day, if you want to hear an interesting story, I'll tell that to you. Uh, I actually got I actually got kicked out of a meeting uh, with with them. But that's actually sort of a funny story. So uh, the point being is, this is not. And the whole thing started where one day I'm listening to NPR and there's a lady on there talking about, oh, we need to get rid of our gas appliances and switch over to electric. And she's saying it only costs like maybe five six hundred dollars to convert to electric. And I'm going. Like, what planet does she live on? You know, yeah, I mean, but but let me interrupt, Brad. Here's the and you get this reading again, reading between the lines of this story is that if I am a big government activist, liberal and or I work for the electric appliance industry, I say, you're right. 
this stuff is super expensive. And if you are historically disadvantaged, et cetera, et cetera, you cannot afford this. You have a right to this stuff. Why isn't the Inflation Reduction Act giving even more home rebates? And also, why aren't Ameren and Evergy and anybody in Quiver River and anybody else, they should be doing more. But if they're going to, you know, they have monopolies. And so you, so all you want, you agree on the price thing. And then you say, yeah, but government should be paying for this. Everybody should have a big, a big grid in their house. But within that article, and tra- tell me if I'm wrong, and I don't know if you can find it real quick. I remember this. Within the article, it refers to the fact that very um, – uh, the, the, the uh, um, what's the Reduction Act? What's the name of the – The Inflation Reduction Act. Which yep. is – $4.5 billion to states. Yes, but Missouri has not applied for it. Yep. So what does that tell you? She's essentially yeah. saying these terrible Republicans that run the state of Missouri. Here's and this. So, yep. Here's and there's the, the call to action, Brad, because the guy from Missouri for coalition from the environment says, by the way, I looked him up and his pronouns are he and him. Okay. So just to be clear, Good for he him. wants you to know that he has proper pronouns. <laughs> and so don't call him by the wrong ones. He says the state of Missouri needs to move quickly to get the federal money to come to the people. Come to the people. I, I, I have to tell you, when I, I, I it's so funny that, that I, I happened on this story by you. Yeah. I read that story and I thought to myself, I've talked about my, my journalism professor, Camille Winter. Have you ever, yep. have you ever heard me talk about this? Oh, yeah. Okay. But a lot of people probably haven't. Dr. Camille Winter was this interesting guy, born and raised in Czechoslovakia, rose through the ranks and become, became like the minister of information in Czechoslovakia, whatever he was. He was like the head guy over, over <laughs> until television. Until one day. And, and, until the Russians invaded. <laughs> yeah, until this is, you know, the, the, the era of the Soviet Union where they took over all these, at the time, you know, they were called the satellite countries they took over Czechoslovakia and Yugoslavia yeah. and things like that and one day it went from Camille Winter was this high-ranking government official the next day he was being chased out of Czechoslovakia with a bounty on his head there literally was the, the Russians had issued a bounty for the capture of Dr. Camille Winter yeah. so he he left Russia and went through Europe and into the United States okay and he became my professor and he was, it's funny, if I run into, one time I made a presentation in front of a group and I talked about Camille Winter and how I hated the guy, but now I look back and I think to myself, God, he was the best professor I ever had. I had five people from the audience come up and say, I went to SIU, he was my professor, you're exactly wow. right, we all hated <laughs> the guy. But he would he would have us write stories and then he would dissect them, and he would show our biases. He would says he would eviscerate them, right? Because he yeah. said, "You, I can tell you like this because of blah 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 blah." And he was teaching us journalism. He was teaching yeah. us to write things down the middle, to not be biased, you know. And if we mm-hmm. did have a story like this, we, you know, like for example, the this story, if the lady who had written it from both sides, she would have had a representative from Mango. You know what Mango is? No, I don't. Mango is the Missouri Association of Natural Gas Operators. Ah, interesting. And, and she yeah. would have had a representative from Mango on there talking about, well, that's not really true, and natural gas is very safe. We've had it for a decade, you know, we've had it for a century, and nobody's died yet. You know, I mean, that kind hey, of... And, and, but you know what, Brad, and I know we're up against time, but the, I've written about this before, the, what a lot of these young reporters just prefer to do. So you know what the other side of the story is for her? A tweet from Eric Schmidt. 
that she links yes, to when she saw says that. Republican rhetoric. Yes. So that way you could just link to a tweet and then you don't have to look a human being in the eye right. and ask. It's not like you call them on the phone and say, hey, right. Eric God Schmidt. God forbid you speak to a human being <laughs> right. that's not right. ideologically aligned with you. It's like the my, state of journalism, it's Brad. Like, the state of journalism 2024. It's like my story with crap, okay? And most recently another story which is sort of interesting. Okay, John, we're over time. Say goodbye. Goodbye. We'll be back. He does say goodbye. We'll be back tomorrow. This is the Brad and John Show. Check it out. BJShow.co. It's 8 o'clock.